For centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Grebner Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Rooted. This week, I'm back with a plant you may have heard about, but I know you've never seen. Mostly because it went extinct a few thousand years ago, with its last known harvest being clocked in around 68 AD. For my plant history nerds, you might have already pieced it together, but this week we're talking about the first plant in recorded human history to ever go extinct, Sophium. We have records of Sophium, obviously, but because it's now extinct, we don't have nearly as many details as we normally would about how it grew or exactly what it looked like. And because it went extinct before we had developed our modern naming conventions and classifications for plants, it doesn't have some of those bits I would normally share with you. But here's what we do know. Sophium, also known as laserwort, was believed to be a member of what is now the umbilifer family, with famous cousins like dill, fennel, caraway, carrots, and hemlock. Unlike those more famous family members, Silphium is thought to have been quite large, with some accounts explaining that it stood approximately 5 feet tall, with thick, hollow stalks, celery-like leaves, and golden blooms. What set Silphium apart, however, were its roots, which were covered in a thick black bark and contained a valuable resin that was used in everything from medicine-making to food preservation. It was only able to be grown in a very specific part of the Mediterranean region of North Africa. Its rarity and usefulness is ultimately what made it so valuable. It was so widely loved, in fact, that ancient Egyptians had a specific hieroglyphs for it, and ancient Romans believed it had actually been sent from the heavens as a gift from Apollo. People held it in such high regard that the people in the region where Silphium grew had it actually printed on their currency, lest you forget how valuable their prized crop was. That coin is one of the only known images we have of the plant. I'll have that posted for you on our social media accounts and in the blog if you'd like to see it for yourself. Needless to say, people were stoked about Silphium. And for good reason. It was reported to have so many uses. In medicine, Silphium was used to treat pretty much any ailment under the sun. Upset stomach? Not a problem. Aches and pains? A thing of the past. Unsightly goiters got you down? Not anymore. Libido lacking? Laser word cured it all. But it wasn't just a powerful medicine. It was also used as a very pungent spice, or even eaten raw dipped in vinegar. One ancient Roman culinary expert shared that he liked to actually store pine nuts in with his laser wort. That way they would absorb the flavor and he could grate those into his dishes, stretching his budget a few hundred dollars while still adding that now extinct flavor. On top of being a tasty snack and spice, Silphium was also used to preserve crops like lentils that could otherwise grow mold if stored improperly. All of those 
uses were mostly derived from the resin we talked about earlier, but other parts of the plant still had plenty of uses. For starters, the stalks and leaves were left in the fields for cows and goats to munch to their heart's content, and those golden flowers were commonly used in perfume, designed to quite literally rub your opulence and wealth into everyone else's noses. Silphium is also believed to have brought us one of the most iconic symbols of modern day, which is shocking given how little we talk about it. As it turns out, the records we have indicate that the seed Silphium produced looked exactly like the hearts we use today to symbolize love. I know some records say they were actually made to look like butts, and I like that theory too, but this is a plant podcast so we have to at least dive into how we got to the seed theory. In Greek folklore, there's a story of a Spartan who had a beautiful daughter. One day, the Dioscuri, two half-brothers named Castor and Pollux who caused quite a stir everywhere they went, came to visit the man and his daughter. The Spartan, having no reason to distrust the two brothers, sent his daughter to bed, then turned in for the night himself. In the morning, his daughter and all of her worldly possessions were gone, and in her place was a single stilphium plant, and a million boyband-esque scribblings of the brothers. Diabolical indeed. As if that weren't enough, there's also mention of stilphium in the Roman poem Catalyst, which roughly translated reads, You ask how many kissings of yours, Lesbia? would be enough and more for me. As great as the number of Libyan sands that lie in laser piscium bearing Cyrene, between the oracle of sweltering Jupiter and the sacred tomb of old Battus, or as many as the stars that when the night is silent see people's secret love affairs. For you to kiss so many kisses, and which inquiring men could not count completely, nor an evil tongue bewitch. Basically, Calcius is quite smitten with his lover, and feels that even if she kissed him once for every Silphium seed, it still wouldn't be enough. But they weren't just a symbol of love. People really loved them. So much so, in fact, that they kind of accidentally smothered them. Which leads us to the next part of our story. How exactly did these plants go extinct? Well, we don't know for sure, but we have some working theories about what probably happened here. The first, and by far most commonly accepted answer, is that they were simply over-harvested. To understand how we got here, it's important to note a few things. 1. People had one heck of a time trying to grow these bad boys. While they produced plenty of seeds, no one could ever get them to germinate and develop full plants, which made them nearly impossible to farm on any kind of meaningful scale. 2. There were some success in propagation attempts, but the resulting plants were just clones of the existing plants, which really didn't bode well for raising strong or resilient crops. 3. These guys were super picky about their soil, just like huckleberries, they simply would not grow in soil that didn't suit them. And four, scholars believe this plant actually couldn't have been grown by seed, 
or grown outside of its region because it was actually a hybrid of two different giant fennels that are commonly found growing in this region today. With all of that in mind, it's easy to understand why overharvesting could quickly get out of hand. To try and prevent losing the plant entirely, the Greeks put strict limits and policies in place in an attempt to help the plant keep up with demand. However, the Romans didn't really care about all of that, and by 68 AD, they had actually harvested the last known sylphium plant for Nemo. You can learn more about him in the leek episode. While we do have a rich history for this plant, there is still a lot we don't know, and we'll likely never know. However, in 2021, researchers have discovered a different plant, Ferulia drudenia, that they believe could be sylphium due to the black-covered roots, resin, and overall similarity in description, function, and location. It's endemic to Turkey. The only trouble is that without a tissue sample, we'll never be able to know for sure. That's all I've got for this week, but I'll be back next week with another fascinating floral fable for you. We'll be staying in Africa and talking about a plant that caused quite the ordeal. See you then! If you like the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rooted.pod, we're on YouTube at rooted.podcast, and you can check out our website, rootedpod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Special thanks to Eric Cluxon for writing and performing our theme music, and of course, a special thank you to all of you for being here. Until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water. <laughs>